This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show. Call-in means it's a call-in. We want to hear from you. Very easily done. Number 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Call in anytime, any kind of question. As we say, AMA, ask me anything. We just want to hear from you. Uh, any question you have about your pets, you're having a problem, they're at the hospital, the vet is made a diagnosis and you have no idea what he or she is talking about and they want to do a thousand dollars worth of tests and you want to, you want a little help to guide you through the process. Maybe we can eliminate some of those tests and uh, talk to me. And that's, that's kind of what I'd like to do. So, uh, some craziness over the last couple of weeks with, uh, the, the, you know, holidays and things like that. So we're back. And then, um, I mean, it, it, it doesn't end here next week. I'm off to the VMX, which is formerly the North American Veterinary Conference. That is in Orlando, only to go back 16 weeks later to Orlando Global Pet Expo, where I'll be there also with uh, the team from Pet Life Radio and uh, walking around and doing press and just trying to find out what we can report on that is going to be interesting to you. And in fact, I just saw something that, <laughs> that's kind of really cool. A couple things, as you know, if you, if you join us here uh, every week, uh, that I like to give you a little stuff behind the scenes to the AHA, which is the American Animal Hospital Association News Stat, or the AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association Smart Brief. And um, we want to uh, just share stuff with you, what's going on. So first of all, with what was going on in the fires, the bushfires in Australia, um, interesting zoos in San Antonio and in San Diego are a couple of the many that have been helping the efforts in Australia. And um, basically, they're raising funds. They're supplying veterinarians to going out there and also rescue teams to help. Uh, apparently, the koala bears have been hit the hardest. I'm sure you've seen very, very sad things on the Internet. Uh, these poor little koala bears, they don't move that quickly. Their feet are being burned. It's just horrendous to see. So um, I want to, you know, basically kudos to these uh, zoos uh, in San Diego, San Antonio and others that have been doing what they can to help. Uh, they say the best thing, uh, in fact, the American Veterinary Medical Fund, AVMF, is matching donations. Uh, they can use donations. So uh, that's uh, it's really sad. So New Year, time to start those goals. And guess what? The number one goal for pets, especially dogs, and, well, actually dogs and cats. Basically, when you think of New Year's resolutions, what's the one thing that most everybody wants to do? They, they, they want to start their diet. They want to lose that weight, especially the holiday weight. So, uh, you know, no different for dogs. I mean, roughly 60%, somewhere between 55 and 60% of dogs in the United States are either overweight or obese. So now's the time to see a veterinarian, start with a diet and exercise plan that will be safe for your pet. Look for some help. There's something that, I, that I've been working with I think is really, really cool. It is called the FI, F-I, Smart Collar. And what it does, it's like a Fitbit, but it's also a GPS. So you can actually use it to start monitoring. For example, let's say you regulate your pets and you know, based on your pet's work and their exercise and their walks, they take, uh, let's say, I don't know, 5,000 steps, whatever it is. And that seems to be a good workout. Now you can monitor by doing the step count. Once you get your own pet's rhythm, so it's really cool. Plus with a GPS feature, of course, if they ever get lost, 
But now what they're working on is, you know how like you use Waze in your car where you could see your car on that little screen and you're on your phone and you're following when you're going fast, the car is going fast. You can also read your speed. Well, that's what they're going to be doing too in this collar. So it's really, really cool stuff. And uh, anyway, it's a great way to get your dog on a program and not only on a program, but you can monitor their progress. You can measure so that if that's what it's going to take to help you along, then look into one of those uh, smart collars. I said the FI is really cool. So more on the fires, the caller rescues rely on dogs' noses. Listen to this. So dogs' noses can, well, dogs in general, we know their nasal, their smell capacity, we call, you know, the, the receptors in their nose that are just amazing. We have about 5 million of these nasal receptors and dogs have 40, 200, let me see, it's 40 times, 200 to 250 million of these receptors. So they can smell things that we we couldn't even begin to send. And you have to watch the dog when they're walking outside, that nose is going up in the air and they're sniffing around. That is these nasal receptors. So anyway, they have been trained now, dogs can be trained to pick out the smell of koala fur as well as koala waste. And because of that, they've been used to identify and to find either stranded or injured koala bears, which is really cool. In fact, one dog named Taylor has already rescued eight, and another, for some reason, his name was Bear, and I guess there was a story done on him, which caught the attention of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. So, you know, that, that's, that's pretty cool. So there's a lot of interest in these dogs, training these dogs to help find animals, injured animals, stray animals, et cetera. So it's really cool that they can actually hone in on a certain scent, okay, of a, of a, a particular animal. So that, that is really cool. This cute story. A veterinary nurse, and we're starting to like that term instead of a vet tech. When you know now, when you when you when you look think of things like high tech, or you look at the tech issues when it comes to computers and the CES Computer Electronics Show that's out there, it just sounds so mechanical. I'm a, oh, I'm a veterinary technician. What are you fixing? Are you are you fixing the the computer system or the phone system at the veterinary hospital? What does that mean? Um, oh, I know, I'm fixing the machines, the ultrasound machine. That's what it sounds like when you say veterinary tech. So there's been a push to refer to veterinary technicians as veterinary nurses, because you know a nurse has, it's a much softer connotation, and you know that you're working with a live being when you're a nurse, not a technician, which sounds like you're working on a piece of equipment. But one thing that's interesting is that, you know, when you say, when I do my, my print media, and I can't just say Dr. Werber or Dr. Jeff Werber, I have to say veterinarian Dr. Jeff Werber. And the issue there is, for some reason, the medical community has the hold on doctor. If you just hear doctor, it assumes it's a medical human or a doctor for humans in some way or another. And for a veterinarian, we have to specify, well, it's the same thing. Actually, nurses, medical nurses, or just nurses, got all up in arms when they wanted to call veterinary technicians nurses. And that's why we have to call them veterinary nurses. You believe it? Like, what, do they own the term? I, I guess so. I guess it's, I don't know, it's a trademark by the nursing community, but they are very uptight. So um, you actually have to say, it's like, you know, it's like when, I, when people hear the name doctor, and I, I talk about this a lot, I think it's hysterical. So, you know, they, oh, they, oh, Dr. Jeff, Dr. Werber, yeah, yeah. So someone will say, oh, you're a doctor. What, what, what kind of doctor are you? I say, well, I'm a, I'm a veterinarian. Oh, so you're not a real doctor. We used to joke, we used to call MDs, RDs, real doctors. In fact, I have a license plate room. I think I've shared this with you before. It says, real doctors treat more than one species. Because, and, you know, it's interesting. So most people think that, 
veterinarian, it's like an AA degree. You know, we went to two years of junior college to become a veterinarian and they don't get it. You know, you know who really appreciates when they hear I'm a veterinarian? The medical doctors, because they know they're the first to admit, oh my God, veterinarian. Oh, it's tougher to get into vet school than med school. And it is, it is tougher to get into vet school than med school. And yet most people think that, uh, oh, oh, so you're not a real doctor. Well, yeah, I'd like to <laughs> shove it up. You know where we're not a real doctor. It's very hard to get into vet school. So, uh, and so the reality is, yes, we too are real doctors, but we'd have to say veterinarian, Dr. Jeff Werber. So um, this, uh, this is a cute story that this vet nurse, she discovered through her cat's behavior that her cat had a problem. What was the behavior? Well, all of a sudden the cat, remember, cats are obligate carnivores. Cats want to eat meat. And yet this cat was going after her pizza, her pasta, her vegetables, and she's going, whoa, something is wrong with this cat. And despite eating all that junk, those carbs, the cat was losing weight. So as a veterinary nurse, she knew exactly what one of the problems could be. And it was the, the cat was an older cat. And again, when a cat's eat well and lose weight, you have to think of heart disease, you have to think of cancer. But there's another condition that cats get that we have to be very careful of, and that is hyperthyroidism. And these cats will typically eat well, still lose weight. And interestingly, unless you know to specifically test for hyperthyroidism, you're going to get some elevated liver enzymes and a very rapid heart rate. So back, for example, when I started practicing a few years ago, like uh, 36, that veterinarians really didn't know much about hyperthyroidism. So if a cat came in losing weight with a very rapid heart rate and elevated liver enzymes, they go, oh, this, this poor cat has two diseases going on. He's got definitely heart disease and he's got a liver disease. And it's like, whoa, 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 no, no, no test for thyroid. So my recommendation is that if you have any cat seven years of age or above, and it's going in for its routine annual physical, that you make sure the doctor tests for hyperthyroidism by doing what's called not just a T4, not just a thyroid test, regular basic thyroid test, but also what's called a T4 by ED, equilibrium dialysis. And that will actually is the best way to screen out for hyperthyroidism. So CBD, uh, it's out there. In fact, I know that um, Mark Winter and I, we're going to be at the Global Pet Expo. That's our producer. And we're going to see probably 50 to 60 CBD products out there. I mean, booths with products out there selling CBD. And the AVMA, the American Vet Med Association, jury is still out on CBD products. Not that they don't see effectiveness. They do. There's a guy at Cornell, Dr. Joe Warschlag, who's been studying this. And we definitely see the benefits of CBD. However, there are a lot of products out there, over-the-counter products, that claim to have CBD and have none, or they have much less than they claim to have, and they're ineffective. So the recommendation now is that, uh, well, first of all, here in California, we're not allowed to prescribe it anyway, but their AVMA position now is, the American Vet Med Association position is, that it shouldn't be prescribed until the vets can prove that it is a product that is has FDA approval for safety and efficacy that it's effective and it's safe. So, you know, when those products are hitting the market and you're in a state that will allow a veterinarian to either prescribe it or recommend it or sell the products in their own offices, which we don't have that option here in California yet, then uh, then that's when we should do it. And uh, one more before we go on our quick little break, and that is West Virginia has identified 29 rabies positive animals if you live in that part of the country you make sure to have your dogs and your cats that go in and out vaccinated against rabies do not take any chances and when we come back we're going to talk about a few more and then we're going to talk about vomiting dogs 
don't go away. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff here at Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Here on Pet Life Radio. And um, again, if you have any questions, you want to comment or add anything, 877-385-8882 is the best way to get a hold of us. You can also send me any questions if you're kind of embarrassed and shy or you're not near your phone or you're not near your computer and you're just kind of listening. You can uh, also, like if you're driving, and we don't want you stopping and uh, doing any texting or calling when you're driving. So you can go ahead and uh, just send me an email to drjeff, Dr. Jeff, at petliferadio.com. So two more stories I thought was good. You know, it's so interesting when I, you know, a lesson that I learned from my mentor when I was in vet school, and that was that never stop learning. That if you think about the fact that every five years, half of what was gospel is now changed. Equipment has changed. Everything has changed. So, and there's new scientific studies going on all the time. So this is a good one, that neutering male dogs can actually reduce allergens. So if people are allergic to dogs, neutering their dog might help. And here's why. They found that as much as 30% of people that are allergic to dogs are sensitive to a specific protein that's generated by the canine, the male dog's prostate. And of course, when they're neutered, this stops. And they found generally there's six specific compounds that in, in dogs that can cause allergies in people. You have urine, mostly they're coming from canine urine, saliva, and dander. So that urine, that prostate type of uh, a protein compound is found in the urine. So if that is eliminated and that is one of the six things that is causing the allergy in that person, it can reduce it. And it actually, as they said, dramatically reduce up to 30%. So just a thought that if you are sensitive to your dog and he's not neutered, well, he should be anyway, but now you have a better excuse to, uh, you know, for example, if you have that husband or boyfriend, that macho guy that doesn't want to neuter the dog because they kind of, you know, they, they I don't know, I, I hear it all the time. It's like, you could, oh, I'm, I'm for it, she says, but my husband, no way. It's like they're living through their dog. I have no idea why. You know, they got these big macho Rottweilers and pit bulls and they want them walking around. I mean, even so much, if they neuter them, if we could finally convince them, they want to put in the neuticles. Those are those testicles. They're, they're like a, they're fake. They're implants. And they're made of this. Obviously, they've changed so much over the years. They actually feel more like testicles now. Not that anybody's going to get behind a Rottweiler or a, or a, a pit bull and feel as you know what. But uh, it, it makes the owner feel good that they're still there. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. But fortunately, I don't have to do them very much anymore. But I, I had, back in the day, 
I had a lot of people ask for noodles. So um, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. So the CES show was just uh, going on. And um, there's a, a new high-tech litter box that I thought was really, really cool. So basically, it connects as a video camera that connects to it. And it also has voice-enabled assistants to talk to. And they use artificial intelligence to analyze the cat's waste, the feces and urine, for signs of illness. So it's a great way to get at that head start. Because as we know with cats, they really hide their diseases pretty well. And sometimes we have no idea, no way to really tell what's going on with them. So it's kind of really cool if you have a little help there to, um, you know, use something like that to um, identify signs of illness. It's made by Lulu Pet. Look for it. They say it's going to be out in the market in March. I think their suggested price tag is about 150 bucks. I think that's pretty cool. All right. You know, now that I'm, you know, as you know, I've, I've promoted it before on air, on air, pardon the pun, AirVet. AirVet is my telemedicine platform. It's telehealth, telemedicine. You can sign on. It doesn't cost you anything to sign on. Your first call is free. It's fantastic. Just go to AirVet on your app store or Google Play and just follow through. If your vet's office is not affiliated, you can put Jeff's Telehospital as your primary vet. That's J-E-F-F apostrophe S, Telehospital, and then click on Dr. Werber. You can always change it once we get your vet to want to sign on. Hopefully they will. But it's really, it's, a, it's great. It's 24-7 access to a live veterinarian on video chat. In fact, just, like a, just as I'm starting the show today, I got a call. I'm going to call her back in a few minutes. The vet can call you back. It's really, really great. Anyway, I would say one of the most common complaints I'm getting is vomiting, the vomiting dog. And now, of course, if your dog is vomiting or your dog is, has diarrhea and you see blood in it, you are going to be in panic mode. So what's going to happen is if you call your veterinarian because it's after hours or they're not available to you now and you don't want to wait till later. So what do you do? You either call a friend, say, who's your vet? Or you're going to go on worse yet to Dr. Google. And then you're going to be so panicked when you hear that, oh, my God, your dog's going to die in a half hour. Say goodbye. So it's much better to talk to somebody. And uh, this is great. And if you have the veterinarian who's it's, it's night, middle of the night, they have the emergency message that says, hi, thank you for calling the animal hospital. If you have an emergency, go on to so-and-so animal emergency clinic. And guess what? You're going to go. Of course, you're going to go because you're, you're worried. So AirVet is your solution. But I will tell you that 80 percent of these emergencies aren't. And there are so many different reasons for dogs that vomit and have diarrhea. And some of them are serious. Absolutely. But Others, in fact, the majority of them aren't. And you know, one of the things I always look for, if your dog vomits but can't wait to get back to the food or water, that is most likely not a serious thing. So much so, however, that you don't want them to go back to the food and water. Why? Because once that stomach goes through that vomiting, it's almost like taking a rag and wringing it out. It gets all irritated. So if a dog goes to the water bowl to down a bunch of water after having vomited, the stomach is so irritated at this point that anything that stretches that stomach wall is going to induce more vomiting. So the caller comes and says, oh, my God, he keeps vomiting every 20 minutes. I said, is he drinking water? Oh, my God, he's drinking tons of water. You got to stop the water. Give him some ice cubes. Take a couple of ice cubes, put it in a water bowl. And that way, as the ice melts, they can only drink a little bit of water at a time. And it sort of monitors, gauges how much water they can drink at one point. If you have a dog that is a puppy and they vomit, the first thing you think, okay, what did he get a hold of? And I'll ask the owner, does he go outside? Does he play? Is he kind of dog that will chew up everything in sight? And then they go, yeah, he's a puppy. So, okay, I'm a little less worried now. Is there anything missing? Any toy that, that you know it's literally gone where I'm worried about him having swallowed something that is blocking 
then that's a different story. But if they say no, I said, how's he acting? So again, with a video type chat, I can see the dog. The dog is <laughs> running around and happy. Again, I'm not so worried. When it comes to diarrhea, when you think about mucus and blood in the stool, there are so many possible causes. And I go through, first of all, it's in a puppy, parasites. Heart, 100% parasites. And even in an adult dog, because Giardia, which is really endemic in many areas, and it's in, you know, because of our outdoor lifestyle, and dogs are going out and about, and they're going to the dog park, and they're going to daycare, they're sharing water bowls. Now, a lot of uh, places that are dog friendly have a water bowl right outside their stores. So this is how sometimes Giardia can be spread. So it's very common. But nerves, stress, anxiety, diet, diet change, eating something you shouldn't have, and of course, parasites. I mean, that's a lot of stuff, a lot of possibilities there. That, and most of them are not serious. So it's very important to know, evaluate your dog, know who to, you know, definitely talk to somebody. And, um, and that is the best way to determine. I would say that the vast majority of these cases, except of course, the parasite that needs medication, I mean, prescribed medication, the others, you can do anything from a little like a Pepsid or, or an Omeprazole, which is like Prilosec. You can do, you can also do adding fiber to the diet. That's a biggie for me. And it could be any of the bran or bran flakes, just no raisin bran, cooked oatmeal, canned pumpkin, cooked yams, even a little Metamucil or psyllium. Just fiber will help. No rice. People want to give rice. They hear, oh my God, diarrhea. That's good for small intestinal diarrhea. When you see the dog who's acting totally fine and has all the above, nerve stress, anxiety, that's usually large intestinal diarrhea. That's why you get the mucus. That's why you get the frank, the red blood. And even though it looks gross and it looks scary, it's really not as scary as long as the dog is acting really well and wants to do play and wants to go out and can't wait to drink and eat. So these are things, some different criteria. Don't always think that it's a major panic situation. Try to get a hold of somebody. Talk to your veterinarian. Talk to a veterinarian. Just stay away from Dr. Google if you can, because I think they they give the worst case scenarios. And as I said, it, it gets you nuts. It gets you crazy or worried. Talk to someone who can ask the right questions and get you a good answer, give you some good suggestions. And uh, that's why we veterinarians are here. Anyway, that's it for today. If you have any questions, if you want to talk or, or have me talk about a particular subject, always send me a note to Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Join me on Instagram at Dr. Werber. Would love to um, have you just, uh, you know, join me. See, I have great pictures. I have AMA. I have Tuesday's tips. So we can, you're going to learn a lot. And um, otherwise, you can, of course, Facebook. Uh, also, you can ask me questions on Facebook. I'm so easy to get a hold of. There's no excuse not to. And if all is well, I won't be here next week. I'll be at the VMX, uh, though I may try to, depending on when I land, because I'm, I'm taking a red eye, I might be able to do my show live from VMX, and that is my plan. So I'll be on the East Coast. It'll be noon in the East. It'll be nine. And uh, so my, my goal is to do a live show from the floor at VMX. You can kind of see what's going on. It's really, really cool. Otherwise, have a great week, everybody. And we will see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.